This is the Chi Chat Podcast with, with Chiquita Searle. So, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. The fourth installment of our dating segment, The Unhinged on Hinge. Again, as I say every week, I am not sure if this is a trademark violation, but we shall continue undeterred until we are either sponsored or sued, ideally the former. So again, if anyone out there knows anyone at Hinge, hook a sister up. So this brings me to my guest. I am delighted to announce that today's dating expert is Paula Day. So Paula is an international dating and relationship coach, and she is passionate about helping people attract the partner of their dreams. She has been lucky enough to have learned from the best with from the likes of Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, John Travolta and Michelle Bridges. Welcome, Paula, and thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today and to be sharing um, with you any answers to any questions that you may have. So make sure that you, um, yeah, you do ask anything that may be those burning questions that you have. Um, I, I'll start off with a little bit about me and um, a little bit about how I got into being a dating coach because I wasn't always a dating coach. And in fact, I didn't always have my relationship as perfect as it is right now. In in fact, I was was in a relationship for about 20 years with the wrong person. So you were married, sorry. I was married. You were married. Yeah. So I was married. um, I had... um, three children in that relationship and from the outside it looked amazing it looked you know perfect like the perfect little um, family I had you know the kids had private schools I had a beautiful home nice holidays anything I wanted Um, it, it just all was working from the outside but from the inside I really wasn't happy and in fact I would regularly just search that um, term, like how to be happy. And I had tried um, yoga and meditation and self-help and, and just about everything to, to make myself happy, but the relationship just wasn't uh, wasn't great for me. So did you feel like something was missing or did you feel stuck? Or I felt like something was missing. I felt like um, I was stuck. I felt like I would wake up every single morning thinking, you know, what am I going to do wrong today? What? What will I be um, responsible for today that I just don't understand why um, and and what you know my fault is here? So I just I, I just didn't feel um, great there at all. And in my head, I had left so many times in my head. Right, I got up the courage there, and um, I thought you know I'll, I'll you know I'll leave. And even before my last child, um, you know, I had left in my head so many times. Um, but then, you know, I thought I'll have another baby and it'll be okay and we'll be a happy family and try and make it all nice. But it just it just never seemed to come together. So um, one day when I did actually feel like I had the courage and, you know, I'm a presenter. So, you know, I get my energy from people. So I was presenting and, you know, it was a long drive to where I was presenting and I thought, you know what, I came off that presentation. I thought, oh, I'm really, really excited. I'm, I'm going to do it today. Today's the day I'm going to do it. And I, you know, I was driving back and it was like a three hour drive. And, you know, if you're in Melbourne, it was like Benella or something like that. You know, it was, it was ages away. And I had to, you know, all the way in my head, I was just saying, today's the day I'm going to do it. And I came back and, you know, I did it really nicely. I, I, I sort of broke up with him really nicely. And he, you know, surprisingly, he took it really well. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're not really right for each other. And I thought, wow, this is so much easier than what I thought. And I went to bed and I got up the next day and all my bank accounts were cleared. I oh. mean, 
What do you mean? So all the joint, all the joint bank, all accounts? the joint bank accounts. So you only had access to joint. You didn't have anything in your own name. I was very silly. I was a very silly girl. I didn't have anything in my own name. Yeah, so I had zero. Um, and it's kind of like I didn't have anything in my purse. You know, you just carry cards these days. I, you know, I had no money in my purse. I had no money in my account. Um, I had actually maxed out my credit card, <laughs> so I didn't that have. That must be very scary. Anything. Um, and to top on top of that, I also had a business. Well, we had a couple of businesses together, and um, this business was in his name. And it was it was my one of them was my business, and one was his. And the one that I worked on, um, believe it or not, was novelty t-shirts. And you know, it was it was doing really really well, and um, all of the passwords were changed. <gasps> So I had no access. So you had no access to the business that was doing really well and you had no access to any kind of money. Your credit card was maxed out. And and then what happened? So you woke up, you realized all this and were you packing your bags? Did you leave? What happened? Yeah. So I, like I had a discussion with him, but it, it's hard to describe this relationship. Nothing was ever his fault. So I'm, I'm guessing some other women would be in this, this situation that it, it just doesn't matter at this point. Like, You've had so many arguments about things that it's it's never going to be his responsibility or his fault. So I'm not going to get around that. So I I packed my car um, up with the kids as many clothes as I could take in the car. I got a box of Barbie dolls for my daughter. I drove to my mum's and I was like too proud to say anything at that point to my mum. So um, I just asked her if we could stay there for a little bit because I didn't want to do just describe the whole story. I knew she'd tell me to go back and um, I asked her for some money just to get to the job that I was going to that day and she gave me 50 bucks and I went, okay, cool. I'll put some money in my car for petrol and I'll put some money on a my key and I'll get to where I'm going. And those next two weeks um, before I had any money coming in were probably the hardest two weeks of my life. Um it's surprising what you can get through when you're just running on adrenaline. Mm. And the anxiety, I suppose, because all your senses are probably heightened in that scenario and the sense of uncertainty and, gosh, so so what then happened? I mean, you're at your parents. How long did you stay at your parents for? I mean, where to from there? So I ended up staying with my parents for seven months mm. and um, as beautiful as they are and as lovely as our relationship now is they wanted the best for me and what they saw was that I should really go back to this relationship and so they made it quite difficult for me to be there Um, quite lovely for my children but quite difficult for me Um, those of you don't know me I'm pretty much vegan I I don't eat anything that's you know meat or anything they made sure that um everything in the house either had dairy or meat (laughs) it's just little (laughs) things little things that they just sort of did um that made it really difficult and I'm sure they weren't completely aware of all of it but it definitely was a very difficult seven months while sorting out things because I had left the home, I had no money, I had to rebuild all of that up and while I sorted through all of that. So once after seven months, I got myself back on track. Um, I got a business up and going again. The same business or is something no, new? a brand new business. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> we can delve into that. Yeah. Uh, and then you started dating again. I started dating again. So 
started dating again and I was attracting all the wrong guys. Uh, in fact, I was getting so over attracting the wrong guys and they were seemed to get worse every single time. Like, I felt like it was just going down and you're in this downward spiral of attracting um, wrong guy after wrong guy after wrong guy. And I, I was having enough of it. I really was. And it's so exhausting. Um, dating all of these men, texting all of these men, um, just even going on, on online and, and looking and everything like that. So um, I got to the point where it was breaking point. I guess you sort of get hit by a few little like a feather and then I, I say you get hit by the feather and then you get hit by a brick and then you sort of get hit by a truck and um I got hit by the truck really in a relationship with a guy I hadn't really seen that much but um he was quite abusive and I just woke up to the fact that I didn't want to have myself in a situation like this I didn't want to live like this anymore I didn't want to put my children in a situation where they might be around a man like this Mm, that's quite understandable and I just had to I had to make a change and so I got rid of all the men in my life I actually just closed everything down and I went you know what all of them are going and I also got rid of all the friends that I had brought into my life too because they were no they were also not good for me so I just I did like a complete clean clean So out. why do you think you were not attracting the right people at that time I wasn't in love with myself at that time. I hadn't healed myself at that time. And so, therefore, I was attracting in what I believed I was worth. This is Chi Chat with with Chiquita Searle. We are here in studio with our dating and relationship expert, Paula Day. So, Paula has just been very vulnerable with us and she has shared her own story of living through a marriage breakdown, leaving the family home, having no money, having to ask her mother for $50 so she'd have cash in her purse for petrol and essentially starting again from scratch with three young children and I quite um, <laughs> I couldn't think of uh, it's making me choke because I can't think of it something more terrifying and but the story has a happy ending and Paula has now found love again with her partner Johnny so tell us about meeting Johnny and why because you mentioned uh, to me when we first chatted about Johnny that he's not the type of guy you'd usually go for so Tell us about Johnny, how you met, and uh, why he was not your kind of guy. Perfect. So, Johnny, I would call, would be one of my uh, non-applicable guys, which is uh, when I talk to my clients about different men to date, so you're, so that you're not always going for the same man over and over again. And, you know, when I, when I absolutely cleared out everyone and I had to start again, I really took a look at, you know, how I was dating and, you know, how all of that was coming together. So instead of just going for the same kinds of guys that you're going to go for over and over again and you'll get triggered in the same way and you'll end up with the same results, to throw a few guys in there who would not usually be your type of guy. So they wouldn't generally float your boat. Yeah. And so Johnny was someone you didn't think would float your boat. (laughs) Johnny was someone totally different. And I mean, it it was funny. I mean, like on the weekend, even my parents asked me, asked him if he had like a um, dual citizenship or something because he's got the thickest (laughs) accent (laughs) and and he was born here and not someone that I would usually... um, go with I, I would usually go with a corporate guy mm. like I was always sort a of looking, suit. a suit yes. yeah a suit guy uh, so I I looked at Johnny and I thought oh wow um, he's an electrician I'm not really sure oh 
you know what, I'm going to put a couple of different guys in, different ages, different um, backgrounds, different um, jobs, all different things, and just see see what I like because the same And you ones, liked Johnny. And I liked Johnny. <laughs> I did. I, I, look, with, with him and I, it was very, very quick. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to put Johnny on ice because we're going to come back to him probably in our third segment. I want to kind of um, – we actually have had a listener ask some questions, um, but I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story. It's uh, incredibly vulnerable of you to do so. So we appreciate you being so, um, yeah, so open with us. So I will uh, ask you some questions. Uh, so we've had a question. Uh, what are some turn-ons and turn-offs for women Oh, I love this question. And I think that it's different for every woman, of course, like what is going to turn you on and turn you off. And we're, we're looking at, you know, all different people. So you're looking at um, that woman through the lens of where you've come from in your life, your experiences, etc. And she's come from her lens of her experiences, etc. So we're always, it's like we've got a pair of glasses on each and we've got our own experiences, our own models of the world and our own likes and dislikes. So it's very hard to say what's going to turn someone on and turn someone off. And I think it's really just a matter of getting to know them and getting to understand them. Well, for me, I like intelligence and humour. So... Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and chivalry. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> uh, also, another question. What should you say when you are asked about how many sexual partners you've had? Well, if you're asked about it, wow. Okay. So, um, that depends on how many dates in you are, I guess. <laughs> so, at how, what day, what, when you should want, you actually you ask want, that question? How you want to go into it. And if you're asking a woman that, I would recommend against it. Ever. I would, yeah. <laughs> I would recommend saying nothing at all. Because at the end of the day, does it matter? Yeah, does it really does it matter? matter? Does it really matter? And It's like asking how many – oh, no, I'm gonna, not going to use that analogy. <laughs> I was about to say hot meals you have, but I'm like, that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> I, I apologise. We're off track. We're off track. <laughs> back on, back on track. Back on track. Um, so, quest answer over blanket statement across the board. Do not ask women how many sexual partners they've had. Um, but can we ask men? <laughs> Do you really need to ask men? If you don't, I don't need to ask. If you anyone, don't want to be asked, then don't ask. Mutually, if- respectfully, decline to ask. Yes, perfect. And. Um, oh, there is another question here. I ugh, Little ears, if you're listening, turn them away. Does size matter? Does size matter? And look, I think that in the bedroom, things do matter. Like, mm. so it's not always about the size. It's always, it, it is it is about what your likes and dislikes are. So I think it's about communication, in all yeah. honesty. I just think that's the most important thing. If you can talk to your partner about what you need, what you like, I think that's really all you need. And as long as that, yeah, and they're willing to do what you would love Correct. in the bedroom. And, and I think respecting people's boundaries as well. Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much mm-hmm. to uh, our listeners for asking these questions and putting me on the spot. Thank you very much. Uh, well, it's not me on the spot, actually. It's Paula. Poor Paula. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. You speak about masculine and feminine energy a lot with your clients. And can you share with us what you mean by this and what the difference between masculine and feminine energy is? 
perfect. So most of the time um, women think feminine energy is like this woo-woo thing and, and if you look it up, they probably – you know, you probably see a lot about feminine goddess and um, a lot of woo-woo stuff where you think you've got to be wild and free. And, you know, I, I speak about like getting rid of your bra and things like that. It's 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 not that at all. It's actually just our natural energy and it's our being energy and it's our feeling energy. So when we're in our masculine energy, we're up in our head and we're thinking and we're doing and we're taking action. And a lot of our lives... Um, for for women are about doing that just that because you know you've you've come through as a child and perhaps you've idolized your father and he said you know you know what you've got to get good grades at school or your teachers said you've got to get this task done so you're in your masculine energy that whole way through and to get a career often you know you've you've worked really really hard and you've taken action and you've got results and all of that is your masculine energy. When you're going to drop into your feminine energy, it's like you're getting out of your head, you're getting out of your thinking and just coming down into how is this making me feel? Actually, how is this whole situation really truly making me feel without overanalyzing it up in your head, without, you know, so that's with where your brain is and all of that. So you've got your brain and then you've probably got a nasty girl in your head or your mean girl in your head telling you something something terrible to you as well, like you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not skinny enough, whatever that is. And don't then, like that girl. <laughs> don't like that girl, but everyone's got one, right? Aww. We're going to silence her. Um, get out of our head and come down into, you know what? How is this situation making me feel? How is this man making me feel when I'm with him? oh, it feels good or it feels uncomfortable and then communicating from that feeling. So um, that might look like, you know what, it feels so good to have coffee with you. It just feels so natural. And he's like, oh, wow, okay, she feels good. Tick, I've got something right. Um, rather than just coming at it from a masculine um, point of view and not using your feelings. Mm. That's actually really interesting because as a I, I mean, I'm going to speak for myself now, but I we're not taught to talk about feelings. We're not taught to actually share. We're actually conditioned to not share our feelings, to not be emotional. We don't want to be called crazy or God forbid psycho or any of these terms which are bandied around a lot when a woman is in her feelings. So how do we then um, communicate from our feeling space without being labelled these derogatory terms? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just... It's just part of the way that we've all been raised, and, mm. and it's a part of you know we're conditioned to not do this, and now we're trying to do this in something in a real, in a situation which is actually it's pressurized because we might actually like this guy and we might want to do these things with him, but how without how do you do this naturally and organically without if you don't really know? Yeah, how do you feel mm. into it? The how of it, and absolutely. So when you're when you're getting into your feminine, I guess the how of it is is to just recognize that you've probably been in your head most mm. of your life and you've probably worn lots of sort of feminine masks and you've tried them on, a masculine mask, you've tried those on. And, and that could look like, you know, um, a version of um, what you think feminine is at a point in time like oh okay men like um, girls who are completely free and happy and excited okay I'm going to try that on but that's not really my essence or um, 
I need to be in my masculine to get my career done. My boss wants me to do this, this, this and this. Okay, I have to wear that mask now to get this done. And so you've got all of these layers. Correct. And that was one actually one of my questions, literally, because I'm self-employed. So I'm in my masculine all day. I'm making decisions. I'm managing resources. You know, it's I'm having to drive. I'm trying to make sales. I'm, I'm in my masculine. So then... Um, but I don't want to be in my masculine with a relationship. And then also I am so used to being in my masculine. Though I, can, I relate to those traits really easily. I don't relate to the, the feminine traits like your softness, your gentleness, your sensitivity as much. Mm-hmm. So then how does someone like me transition um, from one to the other within the relationship without feeling like I'm not being authentic? Yeah. And a lot of women say that to me that – it's not me. It doesn't feel like me. But when when you're in your masculine and, you know, sometimes when you're in your career, right, you it's a lot of push and pull and you feel exhausted at the end of the day. Men don't feel like that. Like that's exciting for them. You're feeling exhausted. When when you're in your career and you can probably relate to this and you and you get into flow and you think, wow, that was easy. Um, and it just seems to flow for you. That's when you're in your feminine. You're, you're, you're just in your feelings. You're, you're getting stuff done. You think, oh, wow, how did I even do that? I didn't have to really think about it too much. It just flowed and it felt it felt good. So you don't always have to be in your in your masculine in your career. But to switch in, and especially at the beginning when I had to learn this, I had to start you know, feeling into how I was feeling. And I really had to pay attention to the now and what I wanted my life to look like. So um, for an example, I'd be walking down the street and instead of thinking of all the actions and tasks that I had to get done that day, I would try and tap into the moment. And I tell you what, it's hard to do when you've never done this before. But um, coming back to the now, so okay, I'm no, I'm going to notice the a sky. I'm going to notice how it fi- the sun's feeling on my skin. I'm going to notice how um, that dog is in front of me. I'm going to notice what's around me today and be completely present and in this moment and how it's making me feel. Now, if you've never done that before and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm too busy to do that. I've got to like get this shit done. So I can't, I can't, I can't take the, t- the moment to be in the now. But once you do start to switch into, okay, I'm completely present in that moment, then you can be completely present with how things are making you feel. Mm. And that's when you are going to get in, in touch with your true authentic self. Okay, what what do I really love? What makes me feel good? Not just what looks good on paper or what would be a good relationship um, that would be seen as good, but what actually would feel great for me. Mm. So what are the signs of being in a relationship where a man isn't in his masculine and a woman isn't in her feminine? Perfect. So this tends to happen, and you've probably experienced this in the past, where uh, one of the parties feels a little bit like it's it's a little uncomfortable. Something's not quite right. Maybe you still it's not love flowing. It. It's not flowing. Yeah. You still love each other. You still love it. You might respect each other, but you think, I don't know, just something, there's something off. And then one party will usually either, and it's usually the guy, will sort of just kind of back off. Like Mm. they'll probably go into, you know what, I'm just going to spend a bit more time with my mates or I'm going to spend a bit more time at the gym or at work or because I don't know what's going on with her. And she wants to talk about it all the time. Like she wants to tell me. Can I stop you there? So (laughs) talking about it is not being in your feminine. 
Well, talking about it is trying to take action and take control. Oh, okay. So, okay, great. This is good clarity for me because I assume that being in my feelings, I should be communicating them. Is you that can, wrong? You can communicate <laughs> them. You can communicate them. I'm, but if he's if I'm he's backing down, <laughs> <I'm so. laughs> there's there's a difference of like just overloading and wanting to control. I, when when you want to have that conversation and you want to express and communicate, I want you to stop and take three seconds and think about, is this coming from a place of I want to understanding for both of us or is it coming from a place that I'm giving to get or I'm trying to control? And it could be very unconscious that you're actually wanting that. This is the Chi Chat Podcast. We are here today with our dating and relationship coach, Paula Day, who is giving us some excellent insight into the polarity of masculine and feminine energy and how important it is within a relationship. So, Paula, before we were talking, um, I feel a little bit obtuse when it comes to this topic particularly because I just, I'm very comfortable in my masculine, which I, I mentioned before, and we were touching, you were explaining to little old me what, because um, I'm of the opinion that if you uh, have some feelings, being in your feminine means you talk about them. But then you mentioned a scenario where the guy in a relationship, if the fe- the female wants to talk about it a lot, that's going to make them pull away and want to go to the gym or I don't know, what whatever they do. So can you ex- ex- explain, simplify, pretend I'm five, because that's where I feel like I'm at in this situation. Exactly what does it mean in this scenario when you are in your feminine with a man and you're trying to communicate your feelings? If we, if we step back a little bit and I'll explain this and then I'll, and I'll step forward into that. So first of all, um, when you're fully in your feminine and you, and a man is fully in their, in their masculine, there is an energy because we're all energy, right? That is going to be magnetizing. It's kind of like North and South Pole, like the positive and negative energy charges. You've got this absolute, um, pool of magnetic magnetic energy and I'll have even clients say wow Paula he said he just needed to be around me I've got this beautiful energy around me he just feels like he wants to be around me all the time so when you've got that polarity you've got the difference big enough you'll feel the pull towards um, each other right Mm. so when you're both so when is it like a yearning Sort of, <laughs> I love that. I have never heard it described like that before. I'm dating a really masculine man at the moment. I recall him Hot Daddy. And I find him really appealing because he is so masculine. And I said I feel like this yearning to be around him because I feel very soft and girly around him, which is very unlike me. Uh, so I was just, yeah, that was a question. I mean, is that me? Am I in my feminine? Am I doing it right? Yeah, so it does sound like... <laughs> You know he's he's really quite comfortable in his masculine, mm. and he's and you're quite comfortable in your feminine in in that situation, and therefore yeah you're feeling that beautiful pull together, mm, and it yearning. feels good, right? <laughs> a yearning, I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. Uh, so when you come back to the situation of when you want some answers, and and women always want to know why why. Why are you acting like this? Why are you backing off? Why, 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 why? And women and men, men are just wondering why you're asking why all the time because they're looking at how. How do I get stuff done? Mm. Um, they want to direct. They, they want to lead. Yeah. They want to drive it forward. <laughs> they're literally the captain on the ship, and um, the ship is the relationship. Do you yes. like my metaphor? Oh, I love that. <laughs> 
I came up that one. Possibly I came up with that myself. I'm going to own it anyway. Own that one. Oh my gosh, I should trademark that. Um, so I... So if women are in their masculine, for women who are primarily in their masculine, do are they inclined to attract men who are more in their feminine? You either attract men more in their feminine mm-hmm. or you'll push them into it. Ah, okay. <laughs> right? So, um, and so that's when you go on a date and you think, you know what? He can't handle me. No one can handle me. I'm I am too much. Too much. I'm too much woman. Yes. Yes, I'm too smart, I'm too this, I'm too so that's, that. So those are the signs that a woman is in her masculine. Yes. Ah. Yes. That makes sense to me. Okay, now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> I need analogies. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Lots of descriptive words. Perfect. <laughs> so tell me more about that. Okay. So um, as a very masculine woman at the time before I met Johnny and I was dating, I was experiencing all of that. And when I learned this, when I learned, okay, actually, I have to tap into my feelings. And I tell you what, it wasn't easy. I was, I was out there going in my head, okay, get out of your head, notice something, notice something, Paula. All right, grass, okay, to do list, to do list, to list. Okay, get out of the to do to do list. Get over here. What's going on? So it took me a while to get into the now. Mm. Um, and you know, I was even wanting to like research everything and that's another very masculine trait you know <laughs> when, stuff, isn't it? when we women go now when we're confused we just google I, i've got to analyze the whole thing i've got to go through it with a girlfriend now i've got to read five books on it and i need to watch some romantic movies on exactly then I've got to how take they do my, it. my five love languages quiz to understand what, <laughs> what my love language is <laughs> i need all these tools to make me more feminine <laughs> yes so just about dropping down into your feelings and look a great way to do it is you know experiencing what is happening in the moment or practicing with food like practicing like how is this food making me feel how is it nourishing my body oh, i how thought you're it- going in different direction <laughs> <laughs> this is this is getting very funny but yeah <laughs> apologies paula <laughs> So just maybe tasting the food on your palate? Tasting the food on your palate. I'm keeping this PG. (laughs) Well, our listener earlier tried to take it on a tangent. I'm going to hold that listener responsible if you're still listening. Um, Okay, so being in the moment with food. Yeah, absolutely. So being in the moment with food, just experiencing how does it make me feel. So you always... um, noticing your body okay how do I get out of my head or even if you're on a date okay you want to ask a billion questions just count if if you're in that space still just count to three in your head like just one two three okay how is this making me feel how does this guy make me feel does he make me feel a little uncomfortable okay all right hang on a minute it is feeling really super uncomfortable and you could say something like you're making me feel uncomfortable yeah it makes I'm out of here it when you say that, it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Mm. How about you? Yeah. And he might go, you know what? I'm uncomfortable too. <laughs> How about we wrap this up? Yeah. <laughs> so just communicating, mm. being completely honest, but coming from your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So another uh, question I had, and this we're just going to go off uh, on a little off topic here, but you counsel your clients against over-investing in dating. So what do you mean by this and what is your advice for those who might be putting too much emphasis on it? Because I want to know if I'm this person. Okay. So many ladies are in this situation and I'm sure um, men are too. So over-investing in dating and that whole process is incredibly time consuming so this is when you're um you've 
you've met someone online or you've met someone and you start chatting to them and you know you've had a lot of chats maybe you've got on the phone and maybe you've had some two-hour phone calls before you've even met and then you get on your first date and you or maybe first or second date and by that time you're even telling your friends about it you've rang your girlfriend you're like this guy is amazing he's brilliant he's fantastic maybe you've even introduced him to your family your kids everything and you've planned your life in your head maybe someone's you know some ladies are even like you know what they're thinking ahead will this guy fit into my life in 10 years time will he be the one and you've just met him you've just met him and then it comes to date number two or three and crickets that you haven't heard from him um you thought everything went well and you, you hear nothing and when the situation happens like this it can be really devastating and that's you know that's when you're going to get heartbroken um it's going to take a long time for you to pick yourself up get back out there again and you're going to you know hate men even more (laughs) (laughs) and that next guy is going to have to deal with that so the wrath of the scorned woman so that's over investing we over invest in one person who Mm -hmm. maybe was just supposed to be a lesson for us Mm -hmm. to move to the next person or the next so person. how can we determine then, at what stage do we determine whether that person has potential? Because you fell in love on your third date with Johnny yeah. as part of your story. <laughs> so is that an exception to the rule or because I've had three dates, I'm not in love. <laughs> I mean, I'm certainly in last, but <laughs> we're not at love yet. <laughs> so, you know, I think it depends on, yeah, that definitely depends on the relationship, the communication, the, you know, the love story that's unfolding. And it, I don't think there's like a time limit. I've seen so many different time limits happen um, amongst my clients so that I, that I could put on something. But if I'm thinking about over-investing and how to, so how to know whether you are or you aren't, um, on that lead up, so when you're thinking about um, before you've even met that person, don't invest too much energy into the searching, the chatting, the um, phone calls because often I see people invest so much time here. By the time they meet them on the first date, they meet and they think, oh, no, we are not right for each other at all. And then by that time, they've over-invested too much and they're, they're going through some form of small heartbreak or, or a big heartbreak. Mm. So. I encourage my clients to move through this process quicker so that you're having short short messages together to find out whether you're, you know, suited to go on a on a quick date. Say so a coffee date? Coffee date. Great. Definitely a coffee date. Nothing more than 30 minutes, 30 mm-hmm. minutes max. You just yep. want a 20 to 30 minute date. Okay, by that time you know whether they're slurping their coffee and you can't stand them <laughs> or that, you know, your conversation is whether great. they look like their photos. Yeah, whether they look <laughs> whether like their Whether there's any photos. attraction. Exactly, exactly. You could pull up on that. So 30 minute coffee date, date one. Date two is... Day two is anything that he or you organise, right? Well, on that, should he be? Well, should we be leaning back into our feminine while he is in his masculine organising that second date? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So a great way you can do that is say, to say, um, "I had a great time. A phone call would be nice, or another date would be nice." So you you text first afterwards, or no? <laughs> <laughs> so you wait for them to follow. Ladies, up? wait, wait, and it, it, look, just. Just immerse yourself in other things. So I would I suggest that you date multiple men at the start mm-hmm. anyway. Don't invest all your time in one yeah. because, you know, you don't know if he's... At what point then you can you decide you can start to invest more in one who you obviously prefer? Yeah, so I'd say like date 
two, three, four, you know, you're going to start to understand this guy and go, you know what, do I want to invest more time here? And before you go to that point where you're going, you know what, I'm going to go exclusive with this man, have that conversation because so many women don't have that conversation and then end up in this situational ship for a month, two months, years. Tell us about the situation ship. That was actually a question of mine. This is a new term for me. So Paula hit us with it. Perfect. So I call them situational ships. This is where you're in a relationship and you might tell me it's complicated. Um, he's not really committed or he's not ready or she, or you're not ready and um, you're not really committed. You're not really moving in or maybe you've moved in together and you're living together, but no, you don't want to take it to the next level. You're taking it slow. Mm. But no one really knows where they stand. Okay. So that's a situational ship. Okay. Where you, you want to be is understanding what you truly want in a relationship and communicating that. So that if you are in with a guy who wants just a very nice, convenient relationship that's going along like that, where he's happy going out a couple of times a week, um, doing some fun stuff with you and having a great time, or... Do you want to be with a, a man who is going to be your your love story, your mm. soulmate? We're in a committed relationship, yeah. potentially marriage. And so you believe that conversation needs to happen at the start or somewhere near the start before you actually move in together? Because I feel like if you've moved in together and you're still in that situation, something's gone wrong. Absolutely. Before even you commit to going into a exclusive relationship, before you before you commit to that, to go, you know what? What I'm looking for is to someday not be a girlfriend or what I'm looking for is to someday be in a committed relationship. So I just wanted to ask, so my friends and I um, talk about this particular scenario a lot and you touched on it before. You go on a date with a man. This has happened to me a couple of times, sadly. You go on a date with a man, it goes really well. You think that um, he's actually lined up the second date by the end of the first date or quickly afterwards, you know, texting straight afterwards. And then there's crickets, total radio silence. What has generally happened? Because (laughs) the date went well. He wants to see you again. He's told you, but then nothing. Nothing. So, yeah. And this men, men focus where they want to focus. And you might have experienced this with your grandpa or your dad. I remember my grandpa sitting on the couch, you know, flicking through the channels on the TV, right? And there's like a hundred channels on that TV. My grandma's sitting next to him. She's like, you know, I could watch this. I could watch that. And he's just flicking, flicking, flicking. And then he gets up and just turns the whole thing off and walks away and does something else because it's not what he wants to focus on. A man will focus on what he wants to focus on. And if he's not focusing on you, it's probably because he's got something else that he wants to focus on. And that might be another woman and he's completely forgotten that he's organized that date and he's just on that next path. Or he's keeping that option open. <gasps> could he be plan B or plan C? He could, you could be plan B or C. That is horrible, horrible. (laughs) So we have come to the end of our segment today. So thank you so much for being here. I always am so sad at the end of this hour because I think we've learned so much and I had so many other questions. So I'm going to have to have you back on. It's just, I just can't not ask these questions. But how can our listeners connect with you if they want to reach out and ask further questions? Perfect. Well, I would just look me up on Facebook, Paula Day. yeah, just Facebook. Uh, but your website, <laughs> PaulaDay.com.au? Pauladay, yeah, PaulaDay.com.au. Amazing. Thank you so much, Paula, for being with us today. Thank you. This is the Cheat Chat Podcast.